Welcome to the Mad Singers Management Podcast from madsingers.com, where entrepreneurs and business managers learn and share. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a review. Hello, and welcome to this next episode of the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Today, I am joined by Anna. And Anna is, like myself, a management addict. So, Anna, for all of those who don't know you, do you want to do a, a quick presentation of yourself and who you are? Yeah, sure. Thanks, Matt. So, my name is Anna Shabina, and I am definitely a management addict. <laughs> I'm actually currently uh, helping with to run three businesses. One is my own. Uh, I have a recruitment business where I help online entrepreneurs bring on uh, the top talent. And I've been running that for about a year, year and a half. Uh, I also help operate two other businesses that are in the service industry and do specifically operations and management for them. So that's me. Excellent. That sounds good. And Anna, just to, to start out with the sort of first question, um, mm-hmm. what, what's your high-level management philosophy? Like, how do you think about management? That's a great question. So there's two parts, I would say, to this answer. The first is how I approach it when I start off uh, helping a new company or working with an agency if they need recruitment or whatever it is. Uh, the way that I address anything is diving really deep and finding as much information and understanding as much as possible about their business. Um, what I mean is I go into documentation, conversations, I do one-on-one calls. I have probably at least 20 hours of talking to the management team, just just pretty much talking and figuring out what their stance is, what their culture is, what their mindset is, what their goals are. And I do the same thing going through the team members, obviously a little bit less time spent on that. But I go very deep to understand a company before I do anything or set up any type of processes. So I would say that's kind of part one of how I go about it because each company is so individual and I believe that operations isn't just, isn't like a science. It's not that there's an answer to every company hundred percent. I believe that every company needs their own needs kind of their own way towards them. Somebody who will be flexible and come with uh, fresh ideas to really apply to their team, not just the things that I know and want to bring my way, but understanding how they function and what would work best for them. So that's kind of part one. And then part two is being able to uh, trial and test. So there's not really an answer, as I mentioned, there's so many different aspects of management. uh, And I believe that it really takes quite some time to find what works best. And I trial and test and I really record those. So I'm very data driven, meaning that I come in, for example, with an idea, say a company's doing a monthly call and I offer the opportunity of doing a weekly call and see how that would affect the team. Would they collaborate better? Would they communicate better? Would they be more accountable? And we test it out for one to three weeks and I add new ideas on top of that. So I trial and test and I collect data to see what works and what doesn't. And I apply this to accountability, to communication, to deliverables, KPIs, software being used. So pretty much any aspect of the business um, planning Q, Q quarterly planning as well. Um, I've applied that in different areas and I trial and test for every single company that I work with. Yeah, that makes total sense. I mean, that's, uh, I would say from my experience as well, that, that 
totally resonates, right? Because I, again, particularly the cultural aspect, like every company is so different culturally, mm-hmm. right? And and it's uh, yeah, it's it's always a very unique experience, and and that's also why not 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 every recipe works everywhere because yeah, exactly. are so different, right? And that's mm-hmm. that that's where experience is is really key, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest differences actually between uh, just a project manager and like a head of operations where a project manager is brought on to just assist with uh, talking to different people, but really just they go in and they just do what needs to be done to connect people. Um, but there's already a system in place where the operations manager comes in and it's a lot of strategy work actually that I don't think many companies realize. They believe that CEO or the leader is the one doing the strategy, but a lot of the times the operations is actually doing a lot of the strategy for the team and how they should be working and how results need to be actually uh, achieved. And I don't think that a lot of people and entrepreneurs realize that. Yep. Totally agree with that one. Totally agree. So what, what do you find most pleasurable or enjoyable about uh, managing people and working in management? To be completely honest, uh, seeing people grow. So I have a system that can be a little bit tough, to be completely honest, especially on companies that haven't worked with me before, or even in my own, I've done the same. Um, From the very beginning, from the very first weeks, I push people into the water. (laughs) It sounds a little bit maybe harsh, but I want to see people swim and I want to see them under pressure. And a lot of the times, I believe entrepreneurs, they see people under pressure and their employees under pressure only when the situation comes up. And by by that time, it can be really too late. So they get into a very chaotic situation and they only then realize, oh no, their employees are not managing it well. So I like to do that from the very beginning because starting a new job is always stressful. And by pushing people into the water very quickly and putting them on kind of creating stressful situations for them where they need to uh, bring initiative, where they need to bring ideas to the table, where they need to present more or achieve certain KPIs that they didn't really have to do this before, watching them grow through that, going through these growing pains, uh, literally, um, is quite quite a beautiful experience. Again, I might seem a bit harsh, but I've seen companies that I've pushed and that have really overcome so many challenges. And the employees are happy for it because they feel like they were pushed in the beginning. It was a bit uncomfortable, but they came out, even a few weeks in, they came out feeling so full of energy and so happy to have that, like have had that experience um, and so grateful to see how their contributions, these new contributions um, have made a big difference in the company. So being able to see those changes for the employees, uh, for the CEO, of course, or the leader of the company, as well as the business itself and how those things are affecting the business. It's such a beautiful process. And that's probably my most, like my favorite part of it. Yeah, that, and that resonates totally. So I, I, I usually do it through like what, what I love with companies, no matter what situation they're in, is really significantly increasing goals, right? Because mm-hmm. very, very often, you know, people are always like, yeah, let's add 5% to last year's goal. And mm-hmm. I like going in and doubling or tripling goals because yeah. <laughs> it forces people to start thinking and it forces people, instead of just doing what you've always done, but work a little bit more or a little bit harder or whatever like you have to if you want to make significant change and if you really want to push people like you you have to put them make them uncomfortable put them into situations where 
you know, they have to think totally different. And, and I've always found from, from my side, goals really does that really well, right? Because mm-hmm. it really helps, it really helps push people to think and be more creative and so on. So that's, that's yeah, awesome. especially deadlines, I would say is probably yeah. a big one because a lot of remote businesses, I've seen a trend, which is very different. I feel like in the office, it's quite common to have deadlines. It's quite normal, but in the online world, I feel like because it's so new, uh, there's a lot more flexibility and people don't really know that what line where, where the deadline should really be, how fast should they really be moving. But when you start setting deadlines and especially making them seem even to some extent unreasonable at first, people get quite riled up. Like, how is it, how is something I'm supposed to do in two weeks supposed to happen in three days? And giving, giving them that opportunity to do that in three days and say, well, that's the situation that we are in. That's the way that we have to do it. Are you up for the challenge? And all of a sudden they figure out a way to do it in three days, you know, given the opportunity. Amazing. Yeah, totally agree. Now, what's the biggest challenge from a management standpoint that you have overcome in your career so far? Um, I would probably say for me, time management. And I want to say that it's actually even a bit embarrassing. Um, I'm very upfront about this. I'm very good at managing other people's time. And that's something I've come to, I've grown into being able to uh, help with accountability, setting deadlines. But I think even for myself, it's something that I'm constantly growing in and improving. And I think there's really no ceiling to it. Time management is something we all struggle with and we all, all need help with, but being able to grow and finding not just hacks, but tools that really uh, create good results or great results is something that I believe I found ways to get to through different, I'd say even uh, like different software that I use that has helped me with people that I work with as well as for myself. But again, I think that's one of the biggest challenges companies and people in the management and operations space face on a daily, probably basis. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. That's, that's definitely a, a big one. Right. And, and I, I think also sometimes the, the tools can be a little bit, um, a hindrance, right. Because people spend so much sometimes, time yeah. and energy on it. Like, um, but uh, like what I always say, so many people, uh, particularly clients have had one or two courses in time management, and uh, I, 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 like my philosophy is very, very simple in time management, right? It doesn't exist. So time happens whatever you want it to or not. But the key thing is really understanding and managing your mm-hmm. priorities, right? Because yeah. people often get that wrong. They think they have this to-do list of 400 items and they have to do yeah. them. All. But really the ability to prioritize is really what it comes down to, right? Which is, mm-hmm. which is very, very interesting. So prioritization is definitely something that people struggle with because there's a satisfaction of doing little like a million little tasks there's the satisfaction that comes out of it so people kind of get into this trap right whereas when you understand i mean if we even take the example of the the one thing book right there's for some reason that works for a lot of people if you have just one task that you do in the morning that's going to make the biggest difference for your job or your business all of a sudden you get a lot more done and a lot more productive by doing that one thing. Um, so completely understand in terms of priorities and I definitely can agree. 
Okay, so the next one, how do you normally help identify or how do you normally identify sort of tomorrow's leaders and managers? Tomorrow's leaders and managers. Um, I would probably say I've talked to many people in the space that do project management and operations. And I think the biggest thing that's currently lacking, and I think this is something that is still very up and coming and um, it's still something that people need to adjust to is what I mentioned in terms of flexibility. Um, and what I mean is companies have now gone away. A lot of companies are now moving away, even in office companies uh, from the corporate structure. And meaning that it's not just something that's one, two, three manual where they just have to follow those three steps over and over again. All of a sudden we have to bring creativity to the table, flexibility, uh, ideas, adjusting to cultures. And I think that's very still new uh, in the world because all of these, uh, and I hate using this word, but even with the millennials that are starting these new companies and they have all these ideas that just break the norms of what we've seen in the past. Um, it's quite, it's quite an amazing experience, but at the same time, there has to be a balance. So it's one, bringing a lot more creativity to the table from a management standpoint in terms of how things need to be operated, structures, uh, even a difference in structures and how teams are formed and uh, who's the authority on the various teams and things like that. But at the same time, finding those structures um, that are now going to be very different in the near future, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, and you, you, you sort of feel that creative environment helps you bring out sort of those future managers and those future leaders and mm -hmm. so on. Yeah. Yes, of course. Okay. Um, and as I said, a big part of it is finding the new structures, the ones that, because the, the ones that were in the past no longer work for a lot of companies yeah. um, in terms of like internal organization processes, um, management, all of that needs to be completely there's going to be a new approach to structuring all of that, which is quite exciting. And I'm very excited to see um, that in the, in the near future. Yeah, for sure. Now, what are you doing to get like managers? So, so people who report to you and, and so on, what are you doing to get them to perform as people managers uh, perform well as people managers? Right. So like what, what specifically are you doing? Not just to enable the end, the, the sort of bottom, bottom rank, not bottom rank, the, the, the end of the line people, but also the sort of middle management, like what specifically are you doing to try and make sure they perform really well? I'd say two things that work very well. Um, and as I, as I mentioned previously, balance is so important. Now, what I mean by balance is from one side, having a structure and KPIs, so them having a set structure. But uh, one of the things that I apply is making sure that they are involved in creating those KPIs and deadlines, because since they are working with various people, they are working in some of the day-to-day, -day, they have an understanding better sometimes than I do in terms of some of the deadlines. So we sit down and we have a conversation regarding, okay, what's a reasonable timeline that it needs to be done? When they agree to that, that means that they are keeping their own deadlines. It's not just me saying them to them, like, you need to do it by this amount of time, but because they are are setting those deadlines they're taking ownership for that meaning they can't really go back on the words that they have already agreed to so that's one 
uh, working with them on KPIs and time management, but at the same time, giving them enough space to perform. So I strictly work with people that have that um, inner independent, like that independence and accountability, like self drive, so to speak. And of course, there's a lot of different types of companies and employees out there. And some prefer ones that they can talk to on a daily basis and check ins and all of that. But I prefer working with people that I can give them a task, we've set a deadline, we've set a strategy, and they're able to implement that. And we do check ins, of course, but we give I give them enough space for them to perform, um, if that makes sense, because that creates a certain amount of trust. Um, and that way they have enough time, uh, energy, creativity to perform what they want to be able to do. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Yeah, that sounds good. And what, um, so, so from your management style specifically, mm -hmm. what do you find most unique about your management style compared to the other people you see around? Like what do, what's most unique about Anna's way of doing things? That's a great question. Um, let's see, in terms of unique uh, style. Well, I mentioned one that I throw people in the water. I think that's very unique. Um, that's one. And I think it's very different because a lot of companies wait around a few months before testing somebody where I like to see that. I like to see them in their full strength in the very first few weeks to know if they're going to be fit for the company or not. Um, but the second thing I would say is clarity. I feel that um, especially working with the Americas, Europeans, um, there's sometimes a lack in clarity. People don't like difficult conversations, try to avoid uh, certain issues until the very end. For example, they might not bring up a certain hard uh, conversation and they'd rather fire a person or just avoid or do it themselves, for example. One of the things that I believe I'm quite different in when it comes to management is how much I push for clarity. I mean, daily basis, weekly basis, monthly basis, I push, push, push um, because and I make sure that employees push back as well. The more clarity, and especially in the remote space, because we're not sitting next to each other, because we don't see each other, clarity is absolutely important to be able to reach certain goals. And for me to be able to push on CEOs, leaders, managers, um, no matter what position they hold, I think it's very unique. Um, and I think that it gets it gets things done because if there is an issue at hand and someone's not performing, whether that's myself, and I'm very honest about that, if something's not working and that needs to be addressed, or it's even the CEO, I push on that, for example, if I'm working with a company and I'm very straight about the fact that this is not working, whether it's their style of managing people, whether it's their accountability, certain tasks, or a certain structure in place, I make sure that's very known without feelings. I feel a lot of the times people get quite emotional. So I try to be very data driven again in terms of certain, um, you know, radical candor, so to speak, yeah. Think, making sure that we're giving feedback uh, kindly, but very constructively. And it's clearly in the best interest of the other person that I'm speaking with. So that's, I'd say something very unique about my style. Definitely. That, that's great. That's great. So we, we're not all perfect, which is really important. Uh, so you might have mentioned a little bit about it already, but what's sort of the, the key thing that you're working with yourself on sort of changing or improving? To be completely honest, this is going to be a hard one to admit. Um, <laughs> I'm quite the workaholic. And I have a tendency of saying yes a lot 
very knowingly and very aware of the fact I have a tendency to want to help so much, but I feel that with time and again, week after week, I check in with myself first and foremost to understand where I need to delegate, where I need to be able to say no, um, where I need to be able to say there's a better way to this. Um, I have a tendency of definitely overworking because I want to help everybody if I'm working with a team or on my own team and I take a lot on myself. And that's definitely a struggle I have on a weekly basis, um, but I'm very much aware of it. And I'm constantly looking for opportunities to improve on that, to improve that balance on a personal level and on a work level, as it does affect people, team members, uh, the company in general. When I'm overwhelmed, the company is overwhelmed and it does affect other people. So I'm very aware of it and I try to address it accordingly on a weekly basis, to be completely honest. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And uh, I'm very confident you're not alone in that. In that oh, regard. that's probably very true. <laughs> okay, that's cool. So um, what, what, what do you currently see as the biggest risk? So now I, I know you don't just work with one company, but multiple, mm -hmm. but what, what sort of, for your own company's point of view, what do you currently view as your biggest risk and how are you trying to mitigate that? Let's see, the biggest risk. Um, to be completely honest, with my company, it's quite new. So, And because it's service, it's quite low risk, to be completely honest with that. Service businesses are usually on the low risk end. I'd say higher risk companies are ones that take investors, uh, e-commerce when they're putting a lot into their uh, products. Um, so putting a lot of, or taking out loans. But with my team currently, I'd say we're very low risk for companies that I'm working with and helping with certain operations. Again, the risks come from, I'd say a big example of that would be if you're putting a huge investment in your team. Um, that's definitely an example of a company that I've worked with where they put a huge investment in their team. Um, and it was a very mutual decision. Um, but at the same time, that means that you're taking away from the profit of the company. And that could actually go that could cut into your into your revenue into your profits um, and that's a big issue but that risk is very necessary if you want to scale your business and that's something i've seen with a lot of companies um, the ceo would take a lot of responsibilities on themselves work 60 80 hours a week to make ends meet um, and they think that's the best way to go because they want to make the most amount of revenue or profit but the issue is sometimes you have to you have to put in and take the risk to grow your team because those people will take your business to the next level. Um, and I've seen when companies have done that, when they've invested in their business in that way and taken that uh, financial risk, they've definitely benefited from it on a very high level. So I'd say that's definitely a big one. Yeah, and I, I think uh, that there's so many good or let's call it bad examples of people who who tend to do the 60, 80 hour weeks and mm -hmm. you, you know, they, 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 they never really get anywhere. I, I, I'd say actually prob probably our dear friend Elon Musk is probably one of the few examples of people who just literally burn through their hours and, and, and work while also hiring a, a, an amazing team around them. Right. But, yeah. but I think majority of particular entrepreneurs that I've worked with, like, uh, the second they start building the team, that's uh, building a good team. Mm -hmm. That's really the time when when they start growing scale, right? Because exactly, exactly. I mean, pe people is 
people is the solution in most cases, right? Yes, but I think delegation is such a hard thing to learn. And this is coming from like, I do operations on a daily basis and I've been doing it for about seven, eight years now. And even to this day, delegation is something that I have to be very, very conscious about and very like continuously delegate, delegate, delegate. I tell this to myself. Self, I tell this to other people, but delegation is so important. But as a business owner, it's very hard because your business is your baby to some extent. Um, it's either your passion or it's either what what supports your family or supports your lifestyle. And being able to let go of certain very high level responsibilities is a big risk to take. So being able to delegate and take that first jump, so to to speak and trust other people with something that's quite sacred or quite important uh, to you is, I think, a very hard step to do. And once you get across that line, it's completely like changing your business. It's going to turn it around and it's definitely going to get you to the next level. Yeah, life changing for sure, right? And, and it, it's always tough. I, I think very much it's it's about a personality perspective as well. So mm-hmm. different individuals with different personalities view it very differently, right? And and mm-hmm. I guess it's definitely in my in my consulting and, and coaching, it's definitely the number one thing that uh, that I spend the most time on is is mm-hmm. around delegation because that's where, particularly in the tech space, where a ton of these very detail oriented people really really struggle to let go right so that is probably the biggest one for sure yeah Yeah. so that jumps straight into the next question which is um, delegation Uh, Mm -hmm. what's your process and what's your advice for people i would personally say delegate the way that i have done it in the past and continue to do is find first find the software for like management uh, software that works the best to be able to properly track things. Make sure that it's the system that creates the deadlines, so to speak. So it's not a human being constantly nagging or telling this is how it's supposed to be. But when the system tells you, people begin to trust the system and it's easier to follow the system. They don't have to interact with somebody regarding the time frame or when they're supposed to be doing or what they're supposed to be doing. So anything regarding accountability, prioritization, all of that can be done in a system. And when that happens, delegation becomes a lot easier because as an owner, as a manager, uh, you'll, you're able to see what's happening on a daily basis because people, your employees are interacting with the system. So it creates a bit of, it's, it's a lot easier to trust people when you see what's going on, when you have that really in front of you and are, you're all sharing. Um, whether somebody uses Trello, Asana, I personally absolutely love Notion. I've fallen in love with it. Um, I do all my systems there, but it's so easy to interact with and keep uh, people accountable and delegate accordingly. So when a new tasks come up, I just need to assign it to a person, describe the task and send it across. And so there's, it skips a lot of uh, communication, getting on meetings for every single task. You just save so much time and things get to work a lot easier. Um, So that's probably my biggest one for sure. Yeah. Yeah. What what I always tell people is is the same, right? The system often doesn't matter that much. What matters is that everyone use it. 
Mm-hmm. And like you don't like I've seen companies I've gone into where people have used two or even three different. Like some people prefer Asana mm-hmm. and some people prefer right. Trello, right. and you know, like different departments using different systems. And that's a total no-no, right? Yeah, so, that's that's a mess. <laughs> whatever you do, you, you pick one system, you make it company-wide, and you make sure people use it, right? Mm-hmm. The biggest yep. downfall I see with those systems is that. Uh, you know, some people aren't fans of it and therefore get away with not using it. But mm-hmm. you, you have to, when you when you pick a system for the company, you really have to to force it in play. And, and when people get used to it, it's a lot easier. But initially, if you haven't been using it, it can definitely take some time and effort to get it in, right? I'd say that a great point to that um, is I've definitely experienced that struggle with companies that they would pick a system, they try to enforce it, but people are so uncomfortable with it or it's so time consuming. They just kind of don't, they ignore the system, they push back, they're very uncomfortable. And I think listening, and this is the reason why I conduct a lot of calls and have a lot of conversations before I create anything for anyone, is I try to understand what type of culture. So for example, if I'm working with a creative team, something like Zoho will really not work. They're creative. They want to be able to play um, their project. The project management system should be something that's versatile and playful and where they can connect. So it's, it's less um, for me personally, in my experience, I found what really helps is understanding the culture and team and then being able to pick a system for that team that they'll be able to adjust quicker. And I've seen that it works very well. So for example, with Notion, it's pretty much a blank page. So when I was creating, creating it, for example, for uh, a creative team, it was so easily accepted into the entire team that everybody was very, they were very surprised because in previous years when other uh, heads of operations and uh, managers would come in, they put in their own system rather than analyzing the team and trying to figure out what work would work best. Um, so when that system came in, there was such a big surprise because it was fun for the first time a system was actually fun and people wanted to interact with it so getting them to do that on a daily basis on a weekly basis was quite actually easy to do and that's why i say that operations is such it's not a science you need to understand a team before applying anything um but that's definitely a recommendation that's i've worked with quite a few teams in my own and every with every company i try to really find the right approach and that's worked out pretty well so excellent excellent that sounds good yeah and and uh, i mean i i've i've used trello for 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 a very long time and i've used it specifically because it is it's it's a fair mix between lists and visual visuality <laughs> so i've found like Asana, which I personally like, I found with creative people and stuff is not very good yeah. because it's very list based, right? Whereas I found Trello was much more straightforward and, and it, it, it's easy to get into, right? But uh, yeah, I mean, a, a lot of my a lot of my clients actually use Monday. I'm not sure if you've yes, used that. I'm familiar with literally probably every project management system out there. <laughs> So yeah, it's good. I haven't actually heard of Notion before, so I'll, I'll definitely peek into that a little bit. That's always yeah. interesting to, to see. I the think tools. the thing that I really, the biggest standout for me with Notion is when you're working on a larger scale, and this is where the trouble comes in a little bit, in my experience with Trello and Asana and Monday, 
um, is that it's not dynamic enough. So if, for example, you need to be able to exchange documents and have conversations around uh, illustrations, for example, or pieces of content or whatever is being created, it's a bit harder to do that. Um, this, this Trello for me personally, if it's a bigger team and a lot more work going on, um, it's a bit, it starts getting a bit messy. Um, and so with Notion, what I really liked is the dynamic of how we can adjust. So for example, one list um, that you create can be, can create multiple views. So for example, you can see it as a board, as a list, uh, as a table, as anything that you want um, for every single person. One list across the whole team and every person can see it just the way they feel most comfortable with, creating a very personalized system um, in a very creative way, if that makes sense, so. Yeah, that makes total sense, total sense. Right. That was very good. I think that's a lot of useful advice for the for everyone, Anna. Um, any kind of management tips, tricks, or things, softwares, or other things that you you would love to share with the audience? Oh uh, yeah, I definitely have a few recommendations that have helped me um, and helped companies I work with as well as my own. In terms of software, um, time tracking toggle has been, I know it's so simple, but it have, has been absolutely life changing for me to prioritize and properly go through things. Um, Notion, as I mentioned, has definitely been something that I've, I've used quite a bit now and feel like that's been absolutely transformational. Um, in, terms of in terms of what I've seen of struggles, um, as I do quite a bit of management calls as well with different companies. Um, a few of the biggest recommendations is one, pushing for clarity. And I mentioned this, but I want to mention this again, how important it is to have clarity and communication, not being afraid to address a problem um, if it comes from a place of wanting better for other people as well as the business. So when the intentions are in the right place, uh, difficult conversations become quite, quite easier much easier to address. Um, and then trusting, uh, trusting the team and uh, giving them the opportunity. So micromanagement is definitely, definitely an issue in the space because working online with people all over the world, it's hard to see what's going on. And so a lot of micromanagement happens and that pushes people away. So I'd say being able to create a system and allowing people to be creative. Um, so that's this kind of another thing. And I'd say the final thing is that setting a foundation from the very beginning. So as I do recruitment, um, one of the biggest things that I notice with people is that you have to set a foundation of ex how certain expectations, KPIs from the very beginning, because if there's no process and no proper management in the beginning, even if it's added later in, it's a bit harder to kind of relearn, reteach, restructure things. People have to kind of break through that system that they already have, and that's a lot harder to do. So when working with a team, it's very, very important to set foundations from the very beginning, from day one, and following through on those foundations. So if you're, for example, set a system and then follow through a weekly basis, how is it going? Is there a problem? Does it need, do you guys need help? Do you need any guidance? Um, and so following through on the systems being created um, and on that foundation to be able to build something that works and continues to grow on a constant basis. So those are definitely my main takeaways. Awesome. That's, that's great, Anna. Lots of good hints and tips. Any, any particular books you have in mind that you love? Oh, one of my 
absolute favorites um, is Traction uh, by Gina Wickman. Honestly, anything by Gina Wickman is revolutionary in terms of operations. Um, he really addresses, I mean, there are some things that you can use in the corporate, in the corporate world, and he does mention about that, but there's a lot of things in terms of right people in right places, planning, uh, structure, software, just a lot of things in terms of how a company needs to be built from the ground up that he addresses that for me personally has been absolutely transformational. So I'd say anything by Gina Wickman is going to be a hit. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thank you so, so much, Anna. It was amazing having you here. Um, if, if people are absolutely desperate to get hold of you, what's the best way to find you and reach out to you? Uh, the best way to reach out to me would be uh, by email. I'd say uh, the email is info at letsremotivate.com. Uh, that is the best way to reach me and I can send that across. Um, again, it could be on yeah. the site. I'll, or, I'll, I'll yeah. add that into the show notes. So that's perfect. Excellent, Anna. Well, thank you so much for sharing all your amazing wisdom today. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Yes. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk again soon. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Mads, and have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Please leave a review. It means the world to us. You can also learn more about management at madsingers.com.